0: It's the biggest barn find in automotive history. A collection of 36 cars, one for each year the Corvette was produced from 1953 to 1989, that vanished. (laughs) 30 years later, those same 36 cars were found gathering dust in a New York City garage. And now that collection is being brought back to life and given away. The Lost Corvettes. Hey everybody, this is Chris Mazzilli and uh, welcome to another episode of the Lost Corvettes podcast. Really pumped today, got a good buddy of mine as my guest. Um, you know, I've known, my brother and I've known this guy for a long time. We watched him start his comedy career and uh, he's really kind of flourished. You know, he's you know, a bona fide actor now uh he was on that show Tommy with Edie Falco um a bunch of other stuff so I want to welcome my good buddy Vlad Camano what's up Vlad what's
1: up Chris how you doing my man
0: fantastic I'm always happy to be with you buddy you're a good man
1: listen man I'm so happy you, you started this podcast because I think you're a great guy and I think uh I think people are gonna love coming on here so I'm just I'm pumped to be I'm guest number guest number two right
0: that's right you are yeah, so, I'm I'm, I'm pumped man. to be
1: so high on the list, man. It means a lot. to me. going. To listen, I, it means a
0: lot. I go to all my special people first. You know that, so I yeah, hit you up man. right away.
1: Yeah, and well, uh, you know, and I love Adam Ferrara, so that's all good.
0: Oh, Adam's good people. He's a solid guy, Adam, and man. was a and was a great first guest, and uh, you know, yeah. very much like Adam, who loves comedy and cars. You're the same way, you know. It's like we've had many conversations about comedy and and cars, so I figured. You and know, the, the,
1: and the funny Damn. thing about me, Chris, is that I, that I'm actually I'm afraid to drive. That's the crazy part. But um, you love cars. That's I, strange. I, I I love cars, but I'm afraid to drive. So you know, I'm am I'm a New Yorker from the Bronx, and I took the subways. My father drove me everywhere. I'm afraid of merging, man. You know, I'm afraid of, of merging into into traffic. Uh, I'm afraid of parallel parking. Um, that's why when I see you in that BMW, you got, I see you taking turns, you know, man, I'm like, this is like <laughs> killing it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I'm, I'm petrified. I mean, I'm, I'm practicing now, but I, I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm like this weird, uh, car aficionado. I think I'm the, I'm your first, I'm going to be your first guest. That's going to be like the non-driving uh, car aficionado.
0: <laughs> Listen, we're going to change that. You know, yes, next please, on the East Coast, we'll spend some time, man. I Believe me. I'll have it all down for you. Please. You'll be the best parallel park in the world. (laughs) And listen, you know what? My fiance would love that. The the beauty, congrats, the beauty on cars today is that they, you know, the technology and they practically drive themselves. I mean, you know, all the sensors and technology have it. But, you know, there are simple little tricks with with that stuff that just, once you get it down, man, it's, you know, cars Mm a beautiful thing. I think, you know, the the newer generation, they're kind of missing out on the driving experience because a lot of them, you know, it's Uber and, and all those you know ride-sharing services, and it's like, man. I mean, for me, as a kid, I could not wait to get a car because a car meant freedom. You know, I mean, I grew up mm-hmm. in the burbs I was born in Queens, raised in Long Island. So it's like, you know, I started getting my teens. All I wanted to do is get a car and drive. You know, because a car meant you know freedom. I could go out on dates. You know, I mean, right, right. I, and that's what I was into. You know, and that's like all the guys. That's all we thought about. You know, and I'm sure in the city you- it was a little different. Where do you stand
1: on the whole, like, like, where you were in the fence with the whole self-driving car thing? Before, you uh, against
0: it, you kind of... Yeah, listen, for me personally, I, I can't, I would never do that. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can see a need for it, you know, but it's like the, the enjoyment of, of driving for me, it's like, I, I just love it. You know, it's like, you know, I have a car in the city and I drive to work every day. It's like, it's just, I like that space. I like my music. I like the sound of the engine, you know, rolling through gears and, you know, it's it's you know it's it's a fun thing it's a great experience
1: yeah
0: you yeah, know especially yeah, like when it really you get is, a car that's kind of dialed in and has the right feel you know and like look each is own everybody likes something different you know um but it's just you know even like look you know i love the old cars i mean those things to me they're like time machines you know it's like i just mhm you get in a car like that and you look at those old dashes and the way they were laid out, you know, and how simple, you know, you open up the hood and just it's simple, you know. I mean, cars today, they're not meant to, to be worked on, they don't want you to work on you know, they these big right. plastic covers. And it's, you know, those old school cars, it was just something to be said for the simplicity of it, you know. So, you know, speaking of, of old school cars, you know, I know you like some of the old stuff, and I had asked you to take a look at, you know, the lost corvettes collection you know go on the website lost com and take a look at you know the lost com to take a look at you know what you like so what did you like out of the cars you saw
1: so for me you know um, i took a took a i mean i already knew what i liked before you went in there
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but the first car i have to say is the 1963 with the split window um and you know you and i had have may have had many conversations about that car because you had you 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 used it yourself
0: in terms of the design element um right on, on that the the 83 build you know so in the collection Correct. the 63 we have is on a split window but it's i actually it's funny we just had that 63 in the shop we were doing work on it and it's got a hard top on it. so it's a convertible with a hard top and it's red the original tier was black but somebody dyed it red and it just the car is awesome. It looks beautiful. I it really, we had a set of original hubcaps that we had in one of our containers. So we put a set of original hubcaps it, and it came out fantastic. You know, in the 63, that's the first year of the C2 design, you know. So that design lasts from 63 to 67. And what else did you like? Well, you know, the, the, 60, the that, that
1: back to the 63, for me, it also represents, you know, kind of that American wave of, trying to be artistic about the thing you know it's like going from this, this like it's a symbolic of America right it's like you're trying to go from this like clunky you know um type of thing like industrial mechanical you know versus like beautiful sleek but yet still powerful
0: like right above my head is the original sketch for that car so a guy named Larry that. Shinoda designed that car you know uh and w- listen when that car came out in the 1963 I mean I wasn't alive but from people that I know that saw that car, they said, man, when they first saw that car coming down the road, it looked like a spaceship. They said it was like nothing else they had, had, had ever seen on the road, yeah. it know. And really- that's why that
1: car is so beautiful. It's because it, it set the culture in a way. It was, you know it had an effect on the culture of symbolically what the American vehicle is or could be at mm-hmm. least. Um, so for me, that's why that car is so much like every time I look at it, I get, I get that feeling of awe, you mm-hmm. know, when you see that car. Um, Which I think is what you speak of sometimes when you think about these classic cars. I feel like the new modern cars are great; they're fantastic. But I remember hearing my dad talk about the old cars, and even you talking about cars. There's a sense of people from that generation where they had a sense of awe. You know, it was like this magical thing. Now it's like now it's like it's it's an aggressive thing of like battery, battery. You know, like like Bluetooth. Like what's the next tech thing? It's like it comes on so fast that that, that part of just yeah
0: it's a different thing so was your
1: dad a car guy was he into cars my dad you know as you know as a superintendent so yep. his money was limited his money was limited so because of that his whole thing was fantasizing about cars mm-hmm. <laughs> he was always in a dream state you know it was always he, he, would, he would drive like a datsun or something like that or some mm-hmm. some beat up you know volvo that he got you know eighth mm-hmm. eighth hand but the whole time he's driving he's like hey you know we drive down the highway and he see he'd see a corvette or something like that and his mind would just go gaga you know yeah. um so that that's the, i see cars through his eyes for me it's like a fantasy land it's like oh you know mm-hmm. sure. yeah so the second car i like from the collection um is the 72 and the 72 because if you remember the movie rush hour yep um with, with yeah. jackie chan and, and uh chris tucker they had a the 72 tucker. vet yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and with, i remember seeing that
0: in. yeah no that, that's cool i mean what, what's interesting is so. The two cars that you chose are special in two different ways. So seventy-two is the last year of what they call the chrome bumper cars. From sixty-eight to seventy-two, the C threes, which actually lasted until eighty-two, had a chrome rear bumper and a chrome front bumper. In seventy-three, mm. they went to a chrome rear bumper with a soft nose. And then in seventy-four was all soft nose. They had these like uh it was a composite, you know. Um, and then from seventy uh, 74 and up to 82, the last year of that design, they were soft, you know? So a lot of people, you know, loved those 72s and Larry Schnoder, the guy who actually was, had a heavy hand design in 63 was involved in designing, you know, the C3 68 to 82 cars as well. So, uh, you picked two good ones out there.
1: I was going to say, I'm assuming you've driven both. You've driven both those yes. those vehicles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and, and. and you know the I, I love them both for different reasons to me you know the the 70 to 72 design of the corvette uh you know was just perfection you know these i like the 68 69s but the front the, the 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 front fenders and the rear wheel wells were flared out on the 70 to 72s and they had just a different stand. so line minor differences you know, they had square exhausts out the back, you know, but those cars to me are just, they're beautiful, you know? I mean, really, you know, works of art, you know? Am- they're amazing, amazing cars. man. And you'd be surprised, and, like, how good they drive, you know, with with modern tires, with, with the old school stuff, with the bias flight tires, forget about it. You're bouncing all over the You place.
1: know, it's, it's funny, because that's what I wanted to ask you, but I wanted to ask you, like, what is it like driving those two cars? Because you know, there's te- there's the technical aspect of driving, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, where to turn and all that other stuff. But with cars like that, with those two vets that we just talked about,
0: you got to ride them a certain way. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So, like it's so it's, it's an attitude, right? It's a completely different feel. You know, I, I'll I'll tell you the 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 C2s, the 63 to 67s, are more spacious. You know, it's a different layout inside, especially the coupes. Um, you know the the 68 you know to 82s were different more, more comfortable but but more snug you know um and they just like you it really kind of after 74 the performance in those cars went down so the ones that people really want you know i mean the most desirable are like 68 to 70 you know 2 and the C3s and then you know pretty much all the C2s you know are desirable cars for different reasons you know the uh, the '63 obviously people loved. It was the first year that design the split window. '64 was kind of an oddball year because in '65 you know it was the first year they had disc brakes. They came out with different engine options. It was the first year of the big block. They came out with a 396. The '66 the first year of the 427. And '67 was the last year that design, which many people think you know was the best year. You know uh, the kind of pinnacle. You know I love them all.
1: You know. Is there a car, Chris, that, you know, now that you've been exposed to these cars, you know, from from the from this this batch mm-hmm. is and you're working on them to restore them. So you, that means you're, you're spending, you know, intimate time with these cars. I know that sounds kind of like, you know, yep. uh, t- you know, very. but is there a car that was kind of low on your list that you now have a whole new respect for
0: since working on it? You know, that, that that's actually an excellent question. So. You know, I, I've always kind of gravitated towards the, the C2s and C3s, you know, but, you know, working on the 53, 4, 5, 6, you know, and 7, you know, it's, uh, you know, all, all the C1s, but I, I have a deeper appreciation for the C1s and in particular, you know, the, uh, the 53, 4s and 5s and the 6s and 7s, you know. Uh, my favorite, and if I were to buy one of the, out of those, would be a 57 because that that to me, you know, is just out of the C1s is a perfect design. It's just simple, it's beautiful, you know. And I'll tell you, they they were quick cars. I mean, 57 was when the Corvette really started to get performance because it was the first year of the fuel injection, and uh, you know they had two different engines. one well, both 283s. One was 250 horse. One was 283 horse, and that one had a solid lift to cam and, and let me tell you something. For back in the day, those cars are fast. They were they were definitely, you know, quick cars. You know. And so I and I think I, it's interesting because yeah. I was gonna ask you like on modern stuff, like, you know, what are you into? What do you like? What appeals to you? Well that's ride? what I was gonna
1: I was gonna I was gonna tell you about I was gonna bring up the fact that like, you know, you mentioned that how the old cars are kinda fast. Mm-hmm. You know, what I what I'm impressed with the Corvette line as of late because you know i'm also into hypercars i like i like watching videos on the conus eggs and all those other cars and yep. and it's interesting to see corvette with their latest model like they're kind of dancing in that space in that hypercar space a bit
0: they're in that space you know you know, I, you know yeah they're um, in that
1: exact right right right
0: what's interesting about the c8 now is you know just the base model of course in that car is ridiculous it's 0 to two nine. you know um the performance is incredible for the base model and, and, you know, for 2021, they're keeping the base price the same at 59,995, which for that car is a steal. and they're coming out with different engines. You're coming out, you know, with az 6 a, a Z06, a ZR1 that, you know, there's rumored they're going to have a, you know, a thousand horsepower car with all wheel drive and electric motors in front called the Zora, you know, so it's, you know, it, that car, you know, on that platform, we'll be able to compete with anything in the world. I mean, it was it's a long time coming. You know, for the car to go mid-engine, and a lot of purists were not happy with it, but it really was the right move. And you know what? The public has spoken. They sold everyone they could build. I mean, I think wow they took wow. orders for thirty-five to forty thousand cars. You know, for a twenty-twenty, but because of initially the you know the strike that they had, and now COVID. I think they, they're only going to want to build in like 20 or so something cars, which listen, it's still a, a big number, you know, to sell all those performance cards. It's, it's a, it's a big number. So I think when you start seeing these other versions of that car come out, you know, they, they're going to sell a lot of them. And it's, we, I mean, it's, listen, to me, it's as a Corvette guy, a car guy, it's just exciting, you know, because what's exciting, you think about what, you know, th- this, Technologically advanced car they're bringing out at at a bargain basement price. I mean, literally, well, you, you can't get them at sticker because everybody wants them, you know. But if you could to get that car in the '60s or even the '70s, even the, the '80s, they're competing with cars that are three times the price. You know, it's,
1: it's remarkable, man. And then when you you know when you bring in the
0: uh, the NS sections of the conversation,
1: you know, that the a good car. Are,
0: Yeah, I mean, I, beautiful I, I, I like car. It. Yeah, I mean, they're not selling a lot of it, which is a shame, but I, I actually think it's a nice looking car, you know? I mean, the, the design of that car, it's, uh, it's very, very sharp. No, I bring up the NSX to compare it to the Corvette that we were just talking about. Like, <laughs>
1: they, they're occupying this very specific niche. Like, just like you said, to sell a car like, with those features at that price and selling them like hotcakes when you have other competitors doing the same and they're struggling to sell them, yep. you know, it's a testament to what to, to the legacy of that brand. Of, of the Corvette brand. No question you know about it. Like, I mean, listen,
0: Corvette, Chevrolet's got a very, very loyal following. You know, Corvette in particular. I mean, Corvette guy is just, you know, when we started hearing, I remember a few years ago that the rumors coming out about that car, guys were excited about it. You know, like I know a lot of guys that, that, that bought them, that put down payments on them. You know? Wow. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of enthusiasm for that particular have you, car. Have you been lucky enough? Have you been lucky enough to drive one? No. No. Oh, man. But yet. I'm hoping soon though. Oh we got oh we gotta make that happen, brother. Oh we're gonna make that that's happen.
1: That's gotta that's gotta be buckless. Yeah, we gotta make that happen. the minute this pandemic is over, we gotta get you in the new
0: the new vet, brother. New I vet. couldn't lose more. That. So I'm gonna change <laughs> gears for a second. I wanna talk a little bit more about you. So tell me, you know, what made you start doing comedy? And what, what year did you start? You know,
1: I think I started, Chris, I think I started in earnest. And you know, you can speak on this because you you know the journey. There's a point in a comedian's life where they're they're toying with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's a point where you're like, I'm gonna do this. You know, and I had toyed with it in college. So, like, you know, I went on and off in college, I go on stage, and then I do a couple open mics when I got back to the city. Um, but then around like oh seven is when I said I'm I'm doing this. You mm-hmm. know, um and then in twenty fifteen is when things started to take off a little bit. So I was about I was about eight years in. And I think I met you and your brother and everyone at Gotham. I think I met you guys like an 09 2010, around there.
0: And I would just yeah, pop that, in. and I was. I remember, I remember. Yeah. That 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 sounds about right. And I tell you, it's like you know, I remember early on meeting you, thinking, hey, you know, what this kid's a nice kid. He's a nice guy. He's got the right attitude, you know. And you could just tell that things were going to happen, you know. And, and listen, I, you know uh, that goes that goes a long way. And, dude, we were afraid of you, man.
1: Like, all the up-and-coming comics, we were petrified <laughs> of you, man. What? You know, me and Gina, Gina Brion. Because, you know, because Chris, you got you to gotta put it into context. Like, every other club, the club owner comes out. He has ketchup, you know, ketchup things on his shirt. You know what I mean? They're cooking, like, <laughs> weird food in the back. You know what I mean? They're wearing, they're wearing a farmer's outfit. It's like, why do you got an overall? What the hell is going on here? That's so here you come with Gotham all the top acts of the Seinfeld is coming in, people are popping in the club. The club is beautiful. It's it's to the nines and you're always wearing suits, you know? So we were like, this guy is like, you know, this guy's taking it serious, you know? So we were all petrified, petrified, man. And then, and then once we got to know you, you know, obviously that, you know, that, 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 all went away, but.
0: <laughs> that's but that's pretty funny. Cause I always say comedy is <laughs> a serious business, you know? Right. And it is. It's like, look, I just, we built that club for comedians, you know, and you know, my brother and I take a lot of pride in running it. You know, it's like we just we care about like you know, like once you you start playing Gotham, you join the Gotham family, it's like you, you really are part of the family. You know, let's we we you, you know we used to
1: have a we used to have a joke when they would compare Gotham to the other clubs, they'll be like, you know, da 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 da, da. and we'd be like, Yo, Gotham has bounces <laughs> Like we would always say that <laughs> Gotham has legit retired police officers as bouncers at the club to control any kind of heckler to keep the you know it's like there's so much respect for the craft you know yeah. and that's why it's so many things are that's why so many things are recorded there because it's it's set in a way where people want to shoot there you know so yeah. like,
0: uh, and, yeah and that's by design it's it's listen it's it's fun you know <laughs> I, I I can't wait to it open back up so we can get uh, you know back to normal it do a thing
1: every. Every time I walk into Gotham, I just have this vision in my head of like, before this place was built, Chris was in some shitty clubs. He was in some shitty clubs, and he was like, "When I, when I, when I put my club together, <laughs> when I, when I finally do it, I'm gonna do it right."
0: Do, do you, you know, it's crazy. So when I was doing stand up and running around to these clubs, you know, even outside the city, you know, that, and some of them like, you know, the back of bars, you know, pool halls, laundry mats. Oh my know, god. Oh my so God. It, it, it's, I, I would run around with a notebook and I would just take notes. Cause I was like, you know, I really, I wanted the club to be the best that it could be, you know, and I would talk to anyone that would listen to me and ask questions. Um, and yeah, luckily it worked Dude. out. Dude, okay. Is that, is that notebook still, is that notebook still around? Y- yes. I still have
1: uh, one, one day. Yeah, one day you got to show
0: it to me. <laughs> it's officially an antique. It's about twenty seven years old now. I think after twenty five years, it becomes an antique. You know, so, I got I to gotta, I gotta see it. I got to see it. I'll show it to you. I absolutely will. Do you know the initial? Please. The, the initial name. One of the first things I was thinking I was going to call it the Hollywood Comic Club. Thank God I didn't do that. Would have been cheesy. You know. Oh God. Seems to be, seems to be oh, the right God. fit.
1: And also, so Chris. Me. To be fair, like you're very different from Hollywood. Like you know, I, you know, I've lived on both coasts. For you to call it Hollywood, it, it would have been so different from what it actually is, man.
0: You're right. <laughs> that, that, that was about two seconds when you first started coming around. Like, who were the guys that you met who were influencing you? Who was nice to you? You know.
1: Um. You know. You and I have a lot of mutual friends. And it's interesting that sometimes the friends we have in common end up being the same people that we respect at the club. Um, You know, at the Gotham, the guys that I would see a lot, um, you know, Jerry would pop in every once in a while to, to just, you know, Jerry's interesting because the pop in, the pop into Gotham, when Jerry would pop into Gotham on shows that I was on, it would create this connection of like, oh, I can do that. I'm in the same space with Jerry. You know? and then then seeing you shake hands with them it's like oh i'm that far removed from having a jerry seinfeld type of career you know obviously we saw all the great guys come by there chappelle you know greer barnes um bill bird like every retreats would pop you know guys would come in there but i remember specifically remembering jerry and you know uh everyone loves you know whether he's his favorite or, or differently i remember that specifically about gotham i remember that being the appealing quality of it, it's like I just, I just got on the same stage as Jerry did. I know Chris, and Chris just shook hands with Jerry. And then for me, it was like, oh,
0: I could do this, you know? That's great. I'm glad you, you, you saw it that yeah. way. It's exactly what you should see. Which, And by the way, speaking of Jerry, another huge car guy. You know, huge car guns. guy. Huge. In you fact,
1: know, he, in fact he, he, uh, he, he did an episode. I forget who it was, but he had a vet. And I remember calling, I remember saying, yo, Chris, did you see that vet? And you were like, I set that up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was probably the Fallon episode of the Obama. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was calling you like all surprised, like, yo, you see this vet they got? You're like, dude, I set that up. I don't think I
0: said it like that. That's probably a lot
1: nicer.
0: Well, listen, man, this has been fantastic. I know you've got a benefit coming up on the, on June 12th for the American Liver Foundation, which is great. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I'm teaming up with the American Liver Foundation on June 12th at 9 p.m. We're doing a benefit show. It's me, Alonzo Bowden, Ron Funches, Liz Mealy, and Carmen Lynch. And we're doing like five minutes each, and we're just uh, intermixed with music, and we're just promoting a good cause. And on my Instagram at LaughingVlad, which I'm sure you'll promote, um, I'll have the flyers and yeah. all that for the. Uh, and it's on Zoom, so, you know, everyone and anyone can attend.
0: That's great. That's great. But well, listen, this was fantastic. I knew it was going to be great, you know, having you on the show today. I so appreciate it. You know, I love the cars you picked out. Good choices. And uh,
1: Chris, them. man, like I said, man, anytime you want to do something with them vets and a couple comics, man, you know, you know, for a fact, we're, we're, we're you know, we're game.
0: We're going to do something. There's no question about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, buddy. So, because I think, I think, I think comedians driving classic Corvettes on, on, online will be just great, just great stuff thanks my man, good talking talk to you Yep, you too pal, take care
0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our latest episode of the Lost Corvettes podcast and a big thanks to my buddy Vlad Camagno for joining to talk about a few of his favorite Corvettes from the Lost Corvettes collection, you can check out all 36 of our Corvettes on the thelostcorvettes.com and until the next episode this is Chris Mazzilli with the Lost Corvettes